Welcome to On Texas Football. It's that time of the week uh, to go with the state of the program each and every week. Eric Nalin, publisher of InsideTexas.com, and I go over uh, what we're looking forward to that week and what's going, what's on tap, etc. Uh, Eric, uh, we are officially one week away from the start of fall camp. Uh, you know, it's been a long off season. Texas had a somewhat, um, I would say. Uh, good year a year ago it was more tantalizing than anything people could kind of see things start to move in the right direction uh, the defense got better Quinn Ewers flashed a little bit some offensive pieces need more more work but I think we're a week out right now and people are looking forward to this football season as much or more I think than they have any Texas football season in quite a while yeah, I agree. Like you said, there was a lot of uh, improvements that we saw, a lot of development. If we see that same sort of development from uh, from last year to this year, uh, the year uh, year over year improvement puts them right in, in uh, line to, to win the Big 12. Really on paper, they're the best team in the Big 12. They have the fewest questions. Uh, so I think this is a good time to be excited. You know, I was kind of talking about this year last year uh, because you could see the uh, the roster cycling in the right direction. Uh, and here we are. Yeah, week out. It's very exciting. Yep. All right. So for folks today, I thought you and I talked uh, prior to this and what we want to do, uh, we, we talked about this. What do we want to see uh, out of fall camp uh, for Texas this year? I mean, what are they really going after? Uh, each of us came up with three different things, goals, we would call it, for them to go and, and improve on in fall camp. Uh, you and I will do three independently uh, but we did talk about this beforehand because we think there's more than three, actually. Uh, but, Eric, I'm going to let you in, say one of your first your first one first and kind of explain what we're talking about here with these goals in fall camp. Well, I'll go with this one first because I think it's probably going to tie into one, the one that you'll go with first. And that's the offensive line, especially in the interior. Obviously, um, you know, there's, there's some pretty good offensive linemen and, and, and tackles in the league. But Texas is going to have the best set of bookends. Not a whole lot of question going in there. They, you know, they even improved throughout the the spring. So Kelvin Banks, Christian Jones, no worries there at all. Uh, the interior is going to be interesting. You know, you've got Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell uh, competing. Uh, we believe Hayden Connors showed improvement, but we want to hear a lot more about that throughout the spring. And then there's always uh, the Jake Majors question about how he deals with size. So you'd like to hear a lot more uh, uh, development about the. You want to hear them winning uh, their battles versus the Devondre Sweats, the Byron Murphys or at least holding their own more. You know, we don't expect them to, to get a ton of push against those guys. Uh, but if they're stalemating those guys, they're probably going to get movement against uh, uh, more of the uh, Big 12 teams they see this season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I do think the interior line is part and parcel of Quinn Ewer's potential improvement, which is where I think it is, right? I mean, I, I think that one of the goals for fall camp has to be, Eric, them and, and, and Quinn Ewer's taking, continuing to take that step upon step. We talked about it. I mean, 65% completion percentage. Yes, please. Right. That, that's what that, that four to one TD interception ratio, uh, better, better decision-making, not turning the ball over. We want to see all of those incremental improvements with uh, Quinn. Part of that will be pass protection mm -hmm. uh, and ability to actually have some time back there uh, as well. And that, that interior offensive line, was more concerning last year than you mentioned the bookends of Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks. They were at times superior in that right. category. Um, and so, look, you add those two things together, and all of a sudden, I think you see better. You see better production from the wide receivers. You see maybe 
I, I, you're not, it's going to be hard to get better production than Roshan and Bijan, right? But if you can see some categorical like efficiency rating that there's somewhere close by that, all of a sudden you get really, really happy, right? And that right. all starts in fall camp with those guys kind of leaning on each other and, and knowing, you know, Rice game now is five weeks away, essentially. So one week from fall camp, four weeks from that, it's Rice. Um, all right, number two for you. Uh, one, so one is interior line for you. Mine is Quinn Ewers ongoing improvement as far as efficiency. What do you got for number two? Well, I'd have to go with uh, some uh, third down defense. Uh, you know, that that's tied into, you know, coverage in the secondary, but also they have to come up with some sort of pass rush, uh, some sort of sub package, I would think, uh, because, you know, it's uh, Baron Sorrell, he's a, he's, he's a quality player, not exactly an electric pass rusher. Ethan Burke is a pretty good pass rusher, we think, but he hasn't necessarily done it yet. Uh, they're going to have to get creative, and I think that's where they go with a guy like Anthony Hill, get him a lot of looks. Um, he'll, he'll, see, he'll see a lot of opportunity on third down, so I think a lot of times as an edge. A lot of people ask about Harold Perkins uh, last year at LSU, and I do think we'll see a similar role for him. He doesn't have, necessarily have the same skill set as Harold. Uh, got more power, than, but not quite as electric of an athlete. Um, but, yeah, I think third down package, um, both, both on – uh, in the coverage and the secondary, they gave up too many uh, first downs on money downs. They were on the field way too, way too long. Uh, but also, you know, create, Texas created a lot of pressure, but didn't get a lot of sacks. So, you know, th- those two correlate to each other. Get more pressure. It's easier on the coverage guys. Better coverage makes it easier on the pass rush. Gotcha. So uh, you've got blitz package, third down defense. I think, I think that we would all say, I mean, we look at the Texas Tech game, for example. Oh, Just, yeah. You know, that was a, a, a that was one that you can kind of just put that check mark. If they get better at that this year, yep. that would have been a win last year, right? So I, I completely agree with you on that. All right, before I get to my second one, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Each and every State of the uh, State of the Program episode is brought to you by Adam Lowy over at the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, he's been helping injured Texans for a decade or more. Uh, call him at 512-280-0800 or visit LowyLawFirm.com for a free consultation. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job, Adam and his group focus on results for their clients. We appreciate his uh, sponsorship of State of the Program. Eric, I agree with you in large part about that whole blitz slash third down efficiency. I think my second, second piece of it plays a little bit into that as well. And that's the linebacker rotation opposite Jalen Ford. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like? Is Anthony Hill get some run? Is David Benda the starter? And when is what's the place for Maurice Blackwell versus what the place is for Anthony Hill in that group? Um, they need to have, I think the coaches, and and you you can correct me if you agree or, agree or correct me if I, you think I'm wrong. I think the coaches already have an idea of what they want that to be. Yeah. I don't know if they've seen it yet and, and said, okay, this is what we're going to do for sure. And I just want some solidification of that idea. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be Benda probably, but there's a lot of practices ahead. And, you know, I think Maurice Blackwell is going to play a lot. Now they do want to bring Anthony Hill uh, around. They want, obviously the the goal for him is to be will linebacker long-term. But he might, his, his ultimate value this season might be just too valuable as a pass rusher and, and, you know, playing off ball linebacker, they might not want to flood him with too many uh, duties. That's a lot for a freshman to, to intake. So, you know, I think I, I'm kind of 
soft playing Hill as a, as a will linebacker this year outside of, you know, blitzing situations or, or, or moving off to the edge or, or maybe playing Sam in the, in the base defense. I think as far as will goes, which is what, you know, the replacing overshone is, um, you know, I think that's probably going to be Benda, but man, they really like Maurice Blackwell. He's, you know, he's undersized, but he, he plays a lot bigger than he is, but I, you know, it's, it's still in question. There's a lot of, there's a lot of practices left to go. Anthony Hill, the light um, remained on, you know, it was on during the spring and he came back, almost like a veteran uh, during offseason, summer offseason in June, July. Uh, so I'm not ruling him out either. He's, a, he's an electric talent. I just think that, you know, Benda and Maurice Black will have a little bit of a jump on him. And just like, you know, we mentioned that pass rush where they lose Moro Jomo, Keandre Coburn, uh, you know, they lose some guys on the interior. Uh, they also lose DeMarvian Overshow. Yeah. Uh, who was a key piece of that linebacker core. And so, what are they going to – because he made some off-schedule plays last year for them. He, sure. he was not necessarily a every-down great, every-down linebacker, but he was a linebacker that made some off-schedule plays. Right. Who's going to replace that, you know, playmaking ability for them? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. All right, third one. I'm going to go with the third one first, so that leaves you the last say here, okay? Okay, Eric. Uh, my third one was finding the second safety. Um, is Jalen Catalan ready to go? Is he healthy? Um, and if he is, great. But let's get the second safety up to speed so that there's not a dramatic drop-off like we saw last year at Oklahoma State when they were the walking wounded on defense in that second half. Uh, you, you agree with that? I mean, yeah, it's definitely a question. It's, you know, his health is another one that, you know, we're just not going to – we might not know as much in August as we'd like either. They might have him in a green jersey and not let him start hitting until, you know, the, the week of rice just to get him uh, attuned to, to tackling and instead of thud tempo. Um, yeah, you know, Keaton Crawford, we heard some good things about him in the spring, not necessarily like he was ready to set the world on fire, but that he had showed some growth from the previous season. Um, you know, is, is he the guy? Uh, B.J. Allen's come on, of course. He's he's had some good, good – uh, Showed him good improvement over the spring and summer. Uh, you know, I think Jaron Thompson and, and Michael Taft kind of have that uh, field safety. Uh, I think that in a pretty good place. Uh, but yeah, it's a question. If, if Catalan is lost, what do they do? That's, uh, you know, let, let's hope we don't come to that. Hopefully they can get a full season out of them. Um, but, you know, you have to plan for for if he's not there as well. Yeah. And and I'm thinking we don't know what those freshmen are going to really. We We hear things behind the scenes, right? But until they actually get into fall camp. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was told this week, you know, kind of put Derek Williams on hold if he was there as an early enrollee. It probably would have made a, a lot bigger difference. Uh, they're, they're very, very high on him uh, for next year. This year, it's like, hey, you know, you don't want to – you can't afford breakdowns at, at safety. You know, that leads to seven points too often. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think we'll see him out on the field for sure, uh, but I don't, I don't expect to see him starting, probably not even a primary backup this year. But, you know, next year all bets are off. Yeah, I, I people don't – just don't get it. You give up to way too many points with a bad beat at safety. Yeah. Um, and that that's he's not the only one that that's uh, flummoxed early in their careers. It, it probably kept Adrian Colbert. I don't know if you all remember him or not, but played safety a lot for Texas. Ended up being an NFL cornerback. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he was one of the most talented DBs in, on the Texas roster. But because he had issues at safety, he couldn't get on the field full time. Yeah, it's just a processing thing. It's nothing about, you know, and, you know, that was Colbert's interesting. He went and found Mandy Diaz, who was his defensive coordinator at Texas. He went to Miami and, yeah, he played in the NFL at corner. He's just a freak athlete. At one point, he was the fastest guy on the team. 
Uh, so it's not necessarily about physical talent. Uh, it's about processing. That's why you see a lot of guys that, you know, they have long, they have, you know, they play, they're very productive guys in college, four-year players sometimes, and it's based on the ability to process and be in the right place. It's just a very hard decision to play, a, a position to play. The offensive coordinators are going to attack you. Uh, and the, the younger you are, the more inexperienced you are, the easier it is for them to do that. That's why, I mean, look, I think that's a great explanation of why Blake Gideon started four years at Texas, right? Why Jaron Thompson has played a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Neither are were the most athletically gifted at their position, but both seem to be in the right spot at the right time. Uh, but uh, this does not mean that we're down on Derek Williams at all. The, the uh, young know. man has got a, a load of talent. All right, that's my, my third one, Eric, is that idea of finding that second safety to pair with Jaron Thompson so that there's no major drop-off. What is your third and, and, and final pick on this that you yeah, want to see them do in, in fall camp? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, I'll go with the inverse of what I said about the offensive line, whereas the offensive line is really good on the bookends and has some questions on the interior. The defensive line has all, you know, has a very good interior coming back, lots of experience, lots of size. Uh, but the edges, uh, particularly the backups, and even you know, I do have some concerns about, about Burke playing the run. Uh, there's a lot of questions. Who's going to step up there? You know, is it going to be Christopher Ross, Jay Montap, Jeray Bledsoe? Is it, are they playing him there more? Or is he back to back to three tech? Uh, does Colton Vosick get more uh, – Get, get some more looks. He had a pretty good spring, though. He, he missed a little time at the end. Uh, you know, I, I think depth at, at edge is a big question. Poor Baron Sorrell barely came off the field last year, uh, and that might be the case again. You know, Justice Finkley, where is he playing? He might have to play both sides. Is he the third guy? Do they do a three-man rotation? And, uh, you know, and Finkley plays both. Do they go with a bigger package ahead of Alabama? Uh, and put Baron Sorrell at Buck and and, um, and Alfred Collins at Jack? I mean, you can't just let – let Alabama uh, line up and run at Ethan Burke, I don't think. So I'm very curious to see how they do the rotations at edge. Yeah, I mean, that's – and so what – the the point, though, here is not just curiousness, right? Is what do you think the goal is? Is it establishing what that looks like for them and where they think they can take it the rest of the year? Well, I think the main goal is just keep developing what they have. Uh, you know, they've got to get these guys better. Uh, you know, I don't think they feel ultimately confident about uh, the backups right now. Uh, Christopher Ross started playing edge for the first time in spring. Uh, Jay Montap hasn't necessarily taken the next step. Uh, Justin Spinkley, um, you know, he, he might have come in a little bit maximized. Uh, you know, how much left can they develop him? Uh, so I think the whole question is about development. And then, and once they realize what they have, uh, where do they go from there? Like that's kind of where this ties into that, that sub package I was talking to on third down. They're going to have to get creative. And sometimes they might have to package things uh, to play the run differently. 
speaking with Eric Nalin, publisher of InsideTexas.com. That's a rundown of the three things we think. Before I get to this next piece about recruiting, I want to uh, say thank you one final time to our sponsor. That's Adam Lowy over at the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for more than a decade. Give him a call at 512-280-0800 or reach out to him online, LowyLawFirm.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job, Adam and his group can give you a free consultation uh, and let you guys know what they think the best results you could expect. Uh, they focus on results specifically for their clients. Eric, your thoughts uh, finally on recruiting right now. Longhorns at 15 commitments, pick up DeAndre Robinson. Uh, we had him on uh, on Texas football uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Delightful young guy. Uh, clearly excited about the Longhorns, had no clue, had no clue he was a teammate of Cedric Braxter as a true freshman at Edgewater and then went over to uh, Orlando Jones. Um, Long Longhorns at 15, they lost on Corian Gibson over the weekend, uh, the, the, the defensive back out of Lancaster that they dra dramatically wanted. Um, where do you think this is going? I, I know you wrote something on Tuesday on Inside Texas that I think is a good read. Uh, your thoughts in general on recruiting at, at this point? Well, I know there's a lot of concern that, um, at least within the fan base, not necessarily within the staff, uh, th that, you know, some uh, high-profile recruits are going to different schools this week, and Texas isn't really hosting many 2024s. I think only Solomon Williams uh, that we know of as of right now. Um, but if you look at the visit schedules of those players, they were, you know, they were just at Texas for the most part. Pretty much all of them were just at Texas. So, um, you know, I think I think the, the real story here is a lot of these players thought they were going to announce later. Uh, so you take a guy like Colin S uh, Simmons, he was going to take his official visit to LSU in November. Uh, that would have been concerning if he was going to wait till, the, till December to decide. Uh, but now it looks like he might move things up earlier. So they want to go and and, uh, and see these schools one last time after previously thinking they were going to take take their time to, to within the process. So Texas just saw these guys within the last month, maybe uh, five weeks. Uh, you can't expect all of them to, to go back to Texas right away uh, when they have other schools to see. They're trying to wind down their process. Uh, and to do that, you got to get clarity. And to get clarity, you have to go take visits. It, it's very interesting. Uh, LSU having a whale of a weekend. You mentioned that in your article. Uh, A&M trying to have a, a bunch of guys that are not just uh, 20, class of 2024, but also 25. Texas having uh, guys on campus that are class of 2025 as well. So those rising juniors. Mm -hmm. um, it, recruiting just never stops. You and I know that. I mean, we've been covering it for long enough to, to know that. Um, at what point, though, do you have to sit back and say, OK, let's look at the bigger picture and what what is Texas accomplishing? Are they are they meeting their goals at defensive line? I think they're in position to do just that. Right. Mm -hmm. I think they, they've hit that three. Now we got to look at, OK, are they going to get the edge and are, are they going to get the edges and are they going to get the secondary guys that they really want and need? Is, is that is that a fair assessment right now where they're at? Yeah, I mean, the class is going to be decided not, you know, the, the quality of the class is going to be decided necessarily by who's in it yet. It's uh, by who's still remaining. And, you know, you talked about the three main positions, especially edge, you know, D-line's D in a good good spot. Uh, if they get one or two of McKinley or, or TJ Lindsay, and, you know, that's a really, really good class. Uh, I'm, I feel good about DB. I know the, the Corey and Gibson miss uh, hurt them. Uh, but, you know, they're still they're still in a great spot for Kobe Black. They're in a good spot for Wardell Mack. Now, if Wardell Mack goes to Florida this weekend, that'll be curious because he was just there in July. He's going to LSU. He hasn't been to LSU in a very long time. Dominic McKinley hasn't been to LSU in a long time. 
so, you know, th these, vi these visit patterns make sense if you, if you look at them as opposed to just don't look at who's not going to Texas. Look at why they're going to other schools because they were just at Texas and they hadn't been to these schools in a while. Um, but I feel good about uh, I feel good about uh, DB recruiting, feel good about D-line recruiting. Edge, you know, there's still a lot left there. They don't have a commitment yet. They've been there before. Uh, you know, they need a Colton Vosick line. We had the same conversation last year, right? They missed on Colton Vosick and had to wait that out. Um, this year, you know, they're just waiting on Colin Simmons to, to decide. They think they've done pretty much everything they can to this point. Now they have to, to stay on them. You can't you can't let another school come in and drive a wedge between you. Um, you know, LSU is definitely going to try to do that. They'll take their best shot. But, you know, that's recruiting. You know, he's one of the top players in the country. Everybody wants him. Zena Umiozulu also out there. He's down to Texas, o OU at A&M, it seems. Uh, you have Danny Okoye, who's visiting Alabama, as well as Oklahoma this week. He's a young man out of Tulsa. So it, there's a lot at play still at that position. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that you and I are focusing on here that needs to be relayed to, to fans, you and I are focusing on needs as much as the quality of the needs that they meet, right? Um and that's the big part that you and I see. They've got to get talent at those positions, not yeah. just guys. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the macro picture more than the micro picture. You know, the individual losses are are not great, but uh, there haven't been many of them. You know, there's a lot of guys they're still going after. There, there haven't been hardly any of them at, at all uh, of the losses. So, you know, don't don't figure on the. I wouldn't get. You, you know, you wrote it, and I say it a lot. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Let's look at the composite of the entire class as opposed to uh, fretting about the individual wins and losses. Uh, obviously, those, those compri comprise the, the class in the end. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have your losses. You're going to have your wins. That's SEC recruiting. That's where Texas is. They're going out of, after some very good players. Uh, you know, I de just detailed six of them yesterday uh, that aren't visiting Texas this week, but we're just there. You know, so Texas is in it for each one of those guys. Uh, they've got to win three or four of them. And, you know, the class all of a sudden the class is looking a lot better. All right. Speaking with Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. Eric and I went over uh, the uh, three reasons each of us are, are three things that each of us are looking for or goals, I guess the best way to put it uh, from fall camp. I uh, talked a little recruiting action as well. Uh, please check out InsideTexas.com for the very latest news and information as well as recruiting uh, on the Longhorns. Eric, one week away uh, from football. It has been a long off season, but we're ready for it. But all right, for, for Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been State of the Program.